Welcome to the Ad Hoc Podcast with your hosts, Brian and Kieran Hall. All right, we're live. All right, episode two of Ad Hoc. Welcome, Kieran. Uh, welcome. Do you know that um, episode two of the Star Wars uh, movie series was my least favorite Star Wars movie? Attack of the Clones. Is that episode two from the 70s or in, or, in order of release or in order of like the story? You uh, you obviously do not uh, watch or keep up with the Star Wars that was released in I believe two thousand and three. Okay, so and so order of the story, not order of release. This this is going down a rabbit hole. We don't want to go into. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is Ad episode Hawk, two. Episode two that is uh, the Haw Brothers podcast on digital marketing, not Star Wars, and not, not Star Wars related, or nor about hawks, the animal. Yes. <laughs> which we established in episode one. Right, that, but just for anybody new here, we just want to make sure that's crystal clear, but if we keep talking about it, it may turn in that way. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, so this episode, episode two, Karen, what do you want to talk about today? Well, I think uh, one of the things that you know we always uh, talk about and, and I think is critical in, in a lot of the conversation I have is this, um, this, this TCR strategy, which really is the foundation of, of of everything digital marketing, at least in my opinion. So um, TCR, you know, being traffic conversion and retention. Um, that's really the foundation of, of just anything and everything that that I do. And I think most digital marketers do in one way or another. Um, and, and one good thing, one good thing about it is uh, it's an acronym. So digital marketers love it and the rule of three. So it just checks both of those boxes. So I mean, regardless of what it means, I think we're already two two steps ahead of the game. Yes, and and in PowerPoint presentations, it looks really good because I just take the recycled the recycle uh, graphic with the the arrows pointing to each other, and it looks really cool in a PowerPoint presentation. And that's really really the point of everything that I do. And that's what we spend. Uh, I don't know, fifty, sixty, seventy five percent of our time doing decks. Yeah. Doing decks. That's it. So. TCR, or as I like to call it, the TCR life cycle, traffic conversion retention, which which sounds simple at it at its at its core, and and it is to a to a point. But really, the the value and the meat of it is diving into the specifics of each one of those. You know, traffic. Um, you know, driving qualified traffic, driving the right traffic, um, connecting with the right audience through segmentation, through targeting, whatever it might be. And getting that right traffic to your uh, website, to your your app, to wherever it is that they're wherever it is that they're you need them to go. That's the the critical part is driving the right qualified traffic, the the T in in TCR, um, and then conversion. Again, conversion conversion can mean many things to, to many different people. Conversion isn't necessarily like from an e-commerce perspective, you know, um, you know, I, I drive someone to my e-commerce site and uh, they, they purchase something. That's, that's one conversion. Conversion can mean many different things. It can mean uh, getting someone to download your app, getting a lead, which is, um, you know, kind of fits into the R part of TCR. Um, it could be, you know, connecting someone on social, it could be, it could be anything. Conversion is just basically getting that qualified traffic through the right funnel and, and into the objective that you're, that you really, you know, want and need them to, uh, to connect with. 
And then the R part of it is, is, um, you know, retention and, and that that's tied to, um, if you fulfill the first two and you, you connect with that customer, that consumer or potential customer, um, that they become a, a, you know, ideally a long-term value for you so that they're not just engaging with you on a one-off perspective from an e-commerce perspective. They, you know, you want them to be repeat purchasers, or if it's a, a lead, you want to nurture them so that they, they continuously engage with your brand or many different things. So that is this TCR life cycle um, that I also love to talk about um, ad nauseum. Great. Yeah. I mean, so I think that, yeah, I think, I think the, the, I think you're right, right? It, the TCR does cover. I mean, that, that's so broad. It really should be any digital marketing. And I think what we talked about last last episode is, you know, digital marketing is is any marketing, right? And so, like, this is really a, a really good way to think about a marketing strategy and really boxing it in a simplified way. Obviously, you can unpack each one much deeper, but it's a really interesting way just to think about the the, the the buckets that you uh, should focus on and the first part uh, for traffic is I think you, the word you said a couple times and I think it's so important I think sometimes gets lost is the qualified aspect of driving traffic right because we all want traffic but the way to get qualified traffic especially in all the digital marketing channels and and, and the targeting capabilities that we have if you can't get qualified traffic, then you're doing something wrong, right? And, and and I think one thing I'd like to ask you is just looking at social, right? Social is a huge traffic driver, paid social for a lot of efforts that I think collectively we're all working on. And, you know, a lot of times we look at metrics like cost per click, right? So, so what's the cost to drive the traffic? And when we expand upon that level of traffic and just look at straight site visits or anything like that, I'm starting to unpack the quality of different social channels. So primarily Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, let's use it for this exercises. You know, LinkedIn sometimes has a four or five time cost per click when you're trying to reach businesses, but those audiences are extremely more qualified that if you then tie it into a cost per engagement or a cost per conversion, it bomb dives and and, and compared to like the Twitter traffic that's just sending a wide, wide range of traffic, but 90, 95, 96% bounce. And it just becomes a waste of money. Right. Well, I think that's, I think you hit on something that, you know, I think we probably have both have dealt with in our careers is when someone looks at the cost per click and, and they look at, um, you know, oh, well, this, this channel has a 40 cent cost per click. Well, this channel has a $3 cost per click. Well, obviously the 40 cent one is the one we should be focusing on. And, and that's not, that's not true. It, it, it comes down maybe, I, I mean, well, you know, it maybe it, it could be true, but it really comes down to that qualified component where the LinkedIn, um, example and and i love facebook ads just because facebook ads have that targeting that i'm really yep. gonna be able to segment my audience very specifically so that yeah so i'm willing to pay more on a, on a cost per click basis because i know that that potential customer is much more likely to convert 
into whatever it is I need them to convert them to. Um, and I think that's the critical part of this where people, it's not about the, the cost per se, it's the value of that, uh, of that ad channel. It's the value of that click. And I think that's where people uh, sometimes get a little, yeah. little confused. Yeah, and so what we've I've been doing um, in some campaigns recently is not driving in, in immediate traffic, right? But rather taking a um, video view KPI, which are much cheaper, and we you can get a lot more. But then building audiences, re-engagement audiences based on video view time, mm. right? And so that's a way to again qualify your audience without having to drive to the tr- to your site and 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 ask them to come and download something or make a conversion or whatever it is that you want them to do. But basically identifying qualification just based on watching more than 50% of your video and, and creating ad, you know, um, audiences built on that. We've seen tremendous success of doing that off domain kind of video audience building. So now, with with that, do, then do you measure the success of that campaign based on the the retargeting after you you were able yep. to sort of segment the you know the video view audience audience? So that's how you measure your success is really more on the the secondary market. Right. Yeah. So I, for that video, I'm looking at solely um, video view convert. You know, um, video views as the primary KPI. I'm not even looking at site site traffic or what they're doing. Um, percentage mm. percent of um, of the video that's viewed, right? Because then thinking about the types of video that we're creating, is it enticing? Are they getting past the first three seconds, five seconds, um, knowing how quick the thumb uh, scrolling, pa- uh, how fast that is, right? Um, so we we use that to look at the, our content, but then also like, is our audience? Does our audience care about our message, right? And is that message resonating with this targeting that the Facebook's targeting is so good, but it's still hard, right? It's it, there's still such a huge um, opportunity out there, but getting that right message, right person. Um, so we use it um, for a way to then drive that traffic. But then you're right, you know, we we look at conversion KPI off the reengagement, those retargeting campaigns as the success of the entire campaign as a whole. Right. Um, you're, you're, you're coming in and out. Do you hear me fine, Brian? Uh, yeah, I hear you a little bit in and out. Did you not hear me? No, I hear you. It's you're, you're, you're just, you're kind of cutting it out and I'm wondering, we could just continue because I can always yeah, yeah. cut all this out, but, um, I wonder how your your download is going to be when we do it. So, I'm just having a hard time hearing you sometimes oh. when you speak. But you yeah, can hear can me hear just you. fine. I see my little um, sound bar going, but yeah, I don't know. I'm right by the Wi-Fi too, so I shouldn't have any issues. Yeah. Okay. Well, you sound fine now, but just I was cutting in and out a little bit. I just had to test it out. So, um, well, I I I, I totally understand. And, and that's a really interesting perspective, Brian, where, um, and actually I've, I haven't done too much from, from the video side, um, videos. Well, at least I've done a lot from a video ad purely from 
a, a first point of conversion or, or click just because video ads are the ones people are engaging with more, more often. Um, you know, we're spending a lot more on, on, on running video campaigns, but we're just seeing a, a lot uh, higher <clears throat> return on ad spend with that. Um, so it's definitely something I think I need to look more into just because also retargeting separately is something that we rely very heavily on because it's, it's exactly to kind of what you're talking about. And, and really the point of this, the qualified traffic is that we know that you looked at our product, you looked at our site, you did something and, you know, whether it be watched our video, whatever it is that we, we know you did. And then being able then to give you the right message at the right time, it just works very well from an e-commerce perspective, especially from like a cart abandonment um, strategy where, you know, especially if we know what you were going to purchase and you didn't purchase it, I can give you an extra 10% off or whatever, right? It's a very specific and targeted way. So, but it's going to cost me, it's going to cost me a lot more. So, I mean, but it's, it's definitely worth it. So from a conversion perspective, Brian, what, what's your kind of take on, on conversion strategies? And, and that can mean, again, many different things to many different people. But from your experience, really, how do you look at conversion strategies? Yeah, I mean, I think conversion is, there's so many different types of conversions, right? Because there's a campaign re that I've run recently where we wanted just, it's just a, a blog, right? And so our conversion is a over 50% scroll tag on the page. And that that kept us aware that that audience is engaged and obviously triggering retargeting pools that we would then just kind of pepper content and, and, and progress through the digital channels, right? Um, and, and I think the one big thing about conversion strategies is the personalization that comes into it. And, and the more you know, and the more that they're coming from, the more you know where they're coming from and making that landing experience wherever you're driving them more personalized, mm. I think you just exponentially will see an increase in whatever that conversion is, right? Is it a video view? Is it just consuming content? Is it clicking into a cart? Whatever it may be, um, creating a lot of dynamic landing pages through really what we've I've done a lot more is around uh, keywords, right? Just aligning the keywords to the specific dynamic landing page where they're coming from. Right, right. No, that's, I mean, that's the, the right strategy. I think that anyone that doesn't customize landing pages based on their audience is missing out on a great deal of conversions. It's just something you need to know your audience and you need to know where they're coming from and what they're, whether it be a keyword or whether it be a, a banner ad, wherever it is, however they click through to your site or wherever they're clicking through to. Um, if you're not sort of fulfilling that, that connection, that funnel, you're going to have a, a really high bounce rate. That's just guaranteed. You know, what I've found is that you know, especially from a paid ad perspective is, is, is truly testing out even from that first, that first touch point, whether it be a banner ad or a social ad or, you know, a, you know, Google ad, a text-based ad, whatever it might be, um, really testing those, um, extensively and, and letting, I think one of the, one of the, 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 
the, the sort of pitfalls that I fall into quite a bit is making too many assumptions, right? I've been doing this for a while as you have Brian. And it's sometimes it's really easy to make assumptions of what your, your, you know, your, your demographic that you're targeting, what they want to see or what they should be seeing. And again, I, you know, that, I think that works fine from a starting perspective, but really what I'm trying to get better at is also letting the data determine um, creative and landing page, uh, landing pages. Um, you know, what is a, you know, putting in a multivariant or an AB campaign to really start testing, well, what does someone respond to? And it could be something as simple as um, a color of a button or the headline or a, a trigger word or anything. There's a million different things that you can test. But I think if you can get, if you can get that, you know, that, that one piece that might in, 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 um, improve what are, what, you know, a click-through rate, uh, you know, 1%, 5%, whatever it might be, you're just, you're, you're just building towards, you know, connecting that, that audience, um, you know, to your, to your, to your conversion point. And I think that's the challenge. I think the, the easy part is, is, I mean, easy in air quotes is, um, driving traffic. It's getting them to convert. Right. And, and that's something that the conversion strategies that I use definitely, definitely um, rely heavily on the, the AB and multivariant testing. And like you're saying, dynamic landing pages, I think dynamic landing pages are a critical part of, of any strategy just because um, there's just it, you just you just can't create just one generic landing page as an example for a broad audience that's just that's just not going to work you have to really create more of a, a dynamic yeah strategy. yeah i mean i think you agree think with right. that brian there's a couple amazing things you, you're talking about there i think one of the things that sometimes i worry about in in we have the ability to do multivariate testing but sometimes i worry that as marketers, we feel like we need to continue to do that, and the results are are, are not paying off the effort that goes into it. You know, and and so we we've been struggling with this a little bit recently. I have a lot of conversations, like you know, what's the what's the business outcome? What are we expecting from this effort? You know, and 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 balancing wanting to do as much testing as possible versus doing testing that will actually make a big difference in our bottom line, in total revenue, in total sales, whatever it may be. Um, right, right. Well, you know, I mean, that's, that, that's a, that's a great point. I think that, you know, there is, you have to weigh, you have to weigh your objective and sort of the end goal with, um, yeah, I, I, I've been in that position many times where sometimes whether it be, it, it, you, in, in a perfect world, you're going to be able to, you know, try to figure out the right audience. You're going to, you know, be able to test everything and have this, you know, great strategy. But, you know, the reality of the business world is sometimes objectives and timelines don't don't allow that. Right. And I think that's where having that knowledge of yeah. um, past campaigns or, you know, being able to kind of. Um, you know, pull from your knowledge of what has worked and what doesn't work because the, you know, there's, there's a million times I can, I can recall where we just didn't have time to run a true AB or multivariant campaign strategy just because we just don't have the time or even the budget. Right. You know, that's the other part of it. It's, it yeah. does take time and it does take budget to be able to do, um, 
you know, a, a, a proper conversion strategy. Um, but sometimes you don't have that. And that's just, you know, that's just the nature of, of business. Right. But I think that I, I think the, the, the important part of the conversion piece of TCR is whether you can or can't, you know, do any sort of AB or multivariant testing or any sort of dynamic landing pages is understanding who you're driving to that conversion point. Right. And understanding the audience and what are you, what do you, what are they looking for? What are you, you know, are, what's going to get them further down the funnel? Um, you know, and, and just offering that, right. You know, if it's something that you're offering them a white paper, well, you know, give that to them, you know, um, you know, have the, the form, you know, above the fold, right. There's a million best practices. That I think that we both can lean upon of, you know, it's, it's, it, it, there's, there's a lot of different ways that, you know, you can really optimize their experience without testing. But I think that all starts with understanding who your audience is. And if you're starting with the qualified traffic, then that's going to make yeah. your job and, a little and, and easier. And I think one of these, uh, one of these just do's right versus testing that I think my old, um, agency blood is, is not loving, but I just, I just don't see any reason for it, even though I know creative teams are uh, do is with any banners that I, I I do now, I don't even offer an option to do animated. Just give me static banners because those are have proven in my experience time and time again to just get to get the message across quicker, drive more traffic and more conversions. So I've just completely removed any animation from um, any of my kind of more t traditional display banners. Right. Right. And that makes sense, you know, and that's leaning on, on your past experiences. And it's not saying that it's, it's always going to be right, or it's always going to be the case. But I think that's the, the key part in anyone in the digital marketing field is being able to come sort of with the toolkit of best practices. You know, I know X, Y, and Z works. And, and that doesn't mean it's, it's always going to work or it might not work just at this moment, but you have to start somewhere. You have to start with, you know, step A. And, and I think one of the things that I'm always trying to do is trying to, if, if, you know, the first creative, the first banner, the first email, the first uh, landing page is, is right. our control. I'm always trying to find a new control creative that then I can then test against and always trying to find a new and better control. But that's the thing. You have to start somewhere. And there is certain things that if you've been doing this, as long as we both have, you just know what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, and I think that there's a lot of uh, value to that, right? Bringing that sort of like, listen, I know this won't work. I know that this new technology or new sort of 3D, whatever you want to do, it might seem cool, but I, I know it won't work and, and it's just not something that we can put in there. Right. And I think that's, that's a critical part of yeah, setting I any do. sort of digital I, I strategy. It's right. You agree it's, with that? It's always beating the control is a mindset as well. You know, I think it's also, you know, in a way drives, drives you, you know, yep. and, and, and it could be tactical and it could be campaign strategy wise, but, you know, always kind of second guessing and, and, and trying to, to figure out and how to continue to, to, to beat, to beat whatever is the best right now. Um, one question that I, I, I wanted to ask you around, you right. Know, right. Looking at the word conversion, right. 
what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. the on, on some new kind of where the industry is going with chatbots and Instagram? Obviously, is bringing in um, in platform selling, and and obviously it's very in tune for specific products. It's not probably a, 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 it's not. I don't think it's widely released yet, but just in general, it probably won't be relevant. But, you know, with the opportunity with, say, Facebook Messenger bots to convert within Facebook Messenger, do you see that trend continuing to not even have to, quote unquote, have the web pages for an initial conversion? Do you see that trend continuing? I I do. I I don't know. I don't know when it gets to scale, right? I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, years ago when mobile, um, you know, was really coming to the forefront from a from a e-commerce, you know, conversion perspective, right? Where, you know, you look at, you know, our, our sort of traffic, you know, through Google Analytics, let's say, and the percentages of people that were looking at our content or products and converting, um, you know, from a web and perspective was, Ninety-five percent compared to mobile, and then, and this is dating me a little bit. But then, as time went on, and then over the years, that percentage just completely shifted, where now more people are viewing our products on mobile, and and that mobile experience, going beyond making responsive design sites, right, like actually catering almost to the mobile consumer. Um, and whether that giving them a completely different user experience or creating a mobile app or whatever it might be, you know, where mobile is now, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a major percentage of, of all of our e-commerce revenue across the board. So I view, I view Facebook as, as an example, Facebook Messenger as a, a next step in sort of the, the evolution of e-commerce, right? Because, you know, you got You have to go where the customer is, and if they're on Facebook, which is a whole nother conversation of of the really the value and and sort of where Facebook is going. But you go where the the customer is. I think that you know Facebook is one thing, but I think like Instagram or you know interjecting sort of that e commerce connection um, on like uh, you know the latest and greatest sort of social platform like a TikTok or you know, even on Snapchat or whatever it might be, I think that is going to be a massive part of any e-commerce strategy going forward, just because that's where that younger audience is. They're not used to going to websites or they don't want to go to websites Sort of your standard, you know, sort of e-commerce flow. They're looking at, you know, X product and they want to buy X product. So give that to them in that sort of, um, you know, that sort of that, that organic experience that they're already in. Facebook, Facebook Messenger apps are, are, are you know, chatbots. That's something that I, I'm, I, I see more and more, right? I, I still don't know. I, I still don't know where or how it's really put into a true sort of digital strategy just yet. I think there's a lot of value to Facebook Messenger in a connecting with your customer. And I think, you know, this ties into the retention piece that you want to be able to be in front of, of your customer whenever possible. Um, integrating uh, Facebook Messenger into the e-commerce funnel is something that has worked very well, you know, almost from a customer service perspective. Um, you know, again, you wanna be where, where your customer is. Um, 
now from a you know from a purely from an e-commerce perspective i i just don't know i don't i don't know yet I, i'm sure it's going to be something massive in the future i just guess the question yeah, is i don't know is, how it's probably a quickly we will get a, there a deeper conversation just messenger bots or chat bots or you know uh, we can probably spend a long time on that so we can move on but you know i do think the, the opportunity um from a retention play there i think that may be a good a good uh transition to go to uh retention strategies because you know i've i've been testing um and i've been kind of exploring bots as a prospecting tool um but the more i dig into it and the more the opt-in nature of the messenger bots and 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 being able to craft custom messages and and the dynamic nature of it i just see also they're, they're a huge opportunity to drive retention and ongoing kind of that email nurturing um progression down down from a, a after conversion right right and, and you know i it it i think it 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 makes it makes me laugh because it's it, i as soon as i hear bot right it's like sort of the old mentality of what a bot is right and it's it's just like oh my gosh no one's going to react to bots we shouldn't be using bots that takes the sort of inner that sort of connection out but but that's not really relevant anymore right it's it's exactly what you're talking about it's um i think that the 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 end user the customer i think is so so much more accustomed now to getting automated messages or or really tailored messages that are obviously coming through some sort of ai it's just there it's just a different world out there now and i do think you're right that i think you know chatbots and all these things is should be a, a topic of a future podcast but you know from really from a retention perspective you know, it's everything we're talking about, um, you know, for from from a traffic conversion and any other tangent we go on, all of it is tied to retention, because if you're not driving the right qualified traffic, if you're not giving them what they, you know, are, are coming to your site or your app for, if you're not giving the right message, if you're not giving them the right content, if you're just kind of, you know, automating what you're doing, um, no pun intended, but you know, you're not, you're not creating a connection with that person. And I think that's, what's critical. No matter, no matter what your business objective is, is that you need to create that, that connection and how that connection manifests itself can mean many different things. It doesn't mean hitting them, hitting them over the head, you know, a hundred different times because, you know, they're, they're a brand loyalist. It's, it's understanding <coughs> who your customer is and, and understanding their their buying patterns or their their sort of engagement patterns like where are they engaging with you um in the most meaningful way and then giving them the right message at the right time so that they um you know become really what we're all looking for is organic traffic right that's that's the that's the sort of critical piece of this sort of tcr life cycle is that um ideally you're driving organic traffic to um you know the right landing page to the you know the getting them to convert and so that it just becomes a much more cost effective way of building a business and i think that's the 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 critical piece here is that if you're not looking at your customer if you're not looking at 
um, you know, their patterns and, and what they're engaging with and what they're not engaging with, then you're, you're missing an opportunity to create a true lifetime value from them. And that's really what it's about. It's not about converting someone, you know, necessarily in that first instance, it's about converting them in, in a month or two months. If, if you're a, um, you know, let's say you're shopping for sneakers and you click on an ad somewhere or a, you know, whether it be in Facebook or Google ads or wherever it might be, you know, and they're looking for a sneakers, they might not want to purchase right then and there, but when they are ready to purchase, you want them to recall your site. Do you want them to have given your email, their email address to you? Do you want them to like you on Facebook so that when they are become, you know, a more active purchaser, um, you know, you're the one that they're, they're thinking about. Um, and I think that's the critical part of this is that not looking at it from a short-term perspective. It's about looking at it from a long-term perspective because that's where success comes from is when you're able to create that customer for, I mean, customer for life sounds very dramatic, but a customer yeah, from I, a repeat I think, perspective, um, that's, that's customer when you for life. And you just said that made me think of uh, puff daddy, bad boy for life, but that's, a, but you know, that's a whole nother uh, discussion. You know, I, I think, um, <laughs> That, that that ongoing communication right is uh, is something that's so important i've recently you know and it, it really depends on the value of a product right and 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 this wouldn't work for all products or all kind of businesses but i've been seeing a huge success in a call calling somebody up after um a conversion um, and just to say, you know, we're here. If you need anything, call us, things like that. Because I do think while we're very, we want to push digital and that there comes a cost with obviously somebody, a salesperson or, or, or a customer service rep or somebody reaching out to a customer. Um, there's something tangible that it's striking in this age of kind of being bombarded with emails and kind of welcome onboarding kits, things like that, around somebody not selling you something, just saying, hey, saw that you purchased a bike. We hope you love it. If you have any questions, here's my name, number, and email. Feel free to contact me with any questions, right? And it may be, you may get say tim and you may get joe when you call back or email back but that level of person personal touch i think can go a huge uh way in in, in starting off a relationship with uh, a customer on the right foot because right after they hit buy or what subscribe or whatever it is you've already got them you know they're they're very happy and the longer you can keep them engaged at that level and engaged in regards to just being happy or using your product or be or, or telling their friends going back organically because you're right right that's the value of of them coming back let's say if it's a mountain bike and they they buy you know i don't know how much a mountain bike costs 500 700 it's probably a big maybe even more it's a big purchase for them a lot more, right? So $2,000, $2,000, right? So if I spend $2,000 on a bike. A lot more, yeah. While I'm just yes. one customer in this cog of a big company, Schwinn, is that a, is that a thing? And, <laughs> okay, well, Schwinn's coming back and they're having high-end. <laughs> in the 1950s, bikes, right? so maybe, they may, Schwinn I may was. be one of 50,000 customers, but 
I, it's it's a big deal for me to 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 buy it, right? And it comes and and it's a really cool, easy assembly that gets delivered to my door, right? If I get a call three days later that says, "Hey, hey Brian, saw that you got your package. Did you get it assembled correctly? Are you you enjoying it? Great. Give us a call. Email us if you have any questions." I am going to be riding high and I'm going to tell everybody I know about the great customer service. And that's, I mean, that's, that's such an under undervalued approach that I, 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 I was even considering it in this conversation is that creating that personal connection. And for, for multiple reasons, one, you know, one, you're right. For Especially, sure. I mean, there's, it, it can't scale too high, right? But like, but like to your point, where and 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 it's ironic because there's I'll, I'll kind of explain this example that I, I just actually had in real life. But you you talk about a bike where if trek. I buy, you know I just That's bought what a, I meant. a pretty high end trek, trek mountain bike, not Schwinn. And if I <laughs> okay. had trek, okay. trek, yeah, sure, Schwinn on. trek, sure, Schwinn. No, no, it's okay. It's Schwinn. You're, you're like back to the future guy um, where in Trek, you know, if if they called me up after the fact, you know, I bought it from a local bike store. But if they called me up after the fact saying, hey, listen, Kieran, hey, I, you know, thanks for purchasing this. Just want to make sure everything's good. You know, um, by the way, you know, every six months you can get a free tune up. Right. Like something like that. I'm like, oh, man, like that is that is an amazing personal touch. And it makes me feel so much better about investing in buying something that that's pretty considerable. So your example and, and this literally just happened where uh, we're looking to buy a new car. And I was looking at Volkswagens online, you know, and in Volkswagens, you know, you, you're definitely, you know, you're searching for the right model. You're searching for the right sort of accessories. I put in my information because, you know, they, you got to see which dealership, right? And so on and so forth. And I didn't, we didn't go in to a dealership. We didn't do anything just yet. We're just sort of looking. And this was, you know, maybe a month or so ago, I went on the website and Volkswagen sent me this I, I i i wish i could you could see this brian but this really high-end cardboard package right is the best way to describe it and it's it's basically saying you know introducing we were looking at one of the cars we were looking at was the atlas and it's from volkswagen and it's this heavy cardboard like um maybe an inch thick and i'm like what is this because it's not a pamphlet and i open it up and you know there's the car pamphlet in there but then in there is a video like it's like i don't know if you can hear it but it's I, I won't play it but there's a video on a little small screen right this is this is the mailing piece that they sent me kind of like a commercial for the car i'm like I was blown away one because of the amount of money that it takes to put that together i mean it's not cheap i'd be right yeah but if i'd you're be doing it you know, sending out a thousand piece. of them i mean that's a pretty that considerable like, cause, you mean because investment you know is it five ten dollars cost per piece right but like now you're talking about a 35 40 45 50 thousand dollar right. car you know if you tie it into that like how how amazed were you with that experience you know and, and that's right. that 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 retention um aspect you know, uh, yeah this is an honest question right i mean did it help make your decision like did the video provide value other than you being a marketer and the buzz factor of oh whoa they sent me a video did it actually help you progress into making a decision 
<laughs> no, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, <clears throat> because I was already and and so this if if I was working with the agency that did this, right? My feedback would be, I'm already interested in this specific car, right? Like I've already done the research. I know what it brings to the table. I know the re the reviews, right? I would almost use this as an upsell opportunity of, you know, of, of like, well, Hey, I know you like this model, but what about this? You know, this, you know, the Touring or something like that, right? Like, like a more expensive model. I don't know. This is not gonna, this is not going to get me to go, Oh man, now I need to go into Volkswagen tomorrow and buy it because I'm already like, I, I already know everything about the car. So it's basically telling me everything I already know. It's just in a really cool package and it's tailored to me. Now, if in there, there was like, oh, and hey, by the way, Kieran, um, you know, here's a special price for you or something like that, right? Then I would be like, okay, I, you know, that might motivate me a little bit more. But it's basically giving me a piece of information that I already knew, right? But as a marketer, and to your point, I was like, oh, well, you know what? I that's a pretty cool way offline to kind of connect with someone. Now that's now that might that might be my reaction to it. And someone else's reaction might be something else. Um, but I do appreciate once in a while getting that targeted piece of mail or a call, right? When it's very targeted or in or a very direct email. I think that's something that I, you know, I'm seeing more and more of um especially with the you know smaller e-commerce companies where people are you know well not people like ceos right like the heads of company are sending out personalized and personalized in air quotes saying hey kieran thanks for purchasing this product you know this is you know so we really appreciate you uh you know hey if you get a chance you know give us a review or whatever it might be right i, I that sort of personal connection i i think gets easily overlooked but it's something that does create when I'm if, if I'm buying a pair of whatever, there's a million different options out there. So what's going to get me to go back to your site? It's going to have to be more than just yeah. discounting. Right. Because that's not a, a sustainable model. It's got to be that like I trust yeah, you. Yeah, and also, I mean, so, you know, there's a connection there. What right? was the call to action? Uh, on that on that VW piece, did it want you to like contact your local dealer, or did it give you a unique URL? Like how I wonder how they're they're tracking and and judging that because if something is a ten dollar cost per piece or, or whatever it may be, they've got to have um, some sort of metrics on it. Yeah. So the the two metrics that I would say you know one is trackable and one's not. Is they can one, do, then they're, do a match they're driving you to your like, local dealership, you, right? On your um, name, right? Like if you, you know, end up becoming a new customer, right? They'll have a new customer file. Name. They can match that back to the mailing list, and they'll have a percentage of conversions or whatever it may be. Yep, but the URL is not custom. It's it's Volkswagen or was it VW.com slash touring something I, I i put the piece away but so it's, it's it wasn't like a unique url to me but they probably can you know uh, take a, a pretty large sample and know that of all the you know th to this specific landing page these are piece mailing pieces that we sent out to la people right um so they can measure it somewhat but it's not like a a unique url yeah, to yeah. me right like so that you're not connecting that one-to-one -one, which i don't think they need to but 
like your, your, your point, right. Like if this is a, let's just say a $5 piece, which it might even be a lot more, but let's just say it's $5 piece. Well, you mail a thousand of those out. That's $5,000. The, the, the car we're looking at is, is in that 45 to $50,000 range. Right. So really how many of those cars you really need to sell to have a positive ROI. Right. So it's just something though, that it just, it stands out as something that that I had never received before. But the fact is that they're obviously targeting me, right? They know what I was interested in. I think there's a lot of opportunities there to improve on the messaging on yeah. to be a little bit more targeted to me, you know, and, and as an active consumer. So, but, you know, I think the, the, the one thing that we can do to kind of wrap up this retention piece, um, you know, is, and I, and one of the notes I think that you put in there is, is who's doing retention well. And I, and I think that's something that is always interesting to yeah. me. And, you know, as marketers, we, we look at, yeah. um, you know, who's, and I think who's doing retention so well interesting out there, about the you know, in your eyes, who, who, who are some examples? Consumers, right. Every single one of us are, and we see good customer service, bad customer service, yep. bad retention. You know, we, we see, you know, the, the, the Wayfarers, the, you know, or whatever it may be, who just bombard you with discount codes, discount codes, discount codes. You know, it, it's, it's harder with, you know, the traffic or the conversion side of things for a general consumer, right? Because that's kind of niche within a marketer. But a retention, like everybody's a consumer and we're all getting bombarded with, um, with quote unquote retention, customer service, whatever it may be, um, tactics, just like over and over and over again. And, you know, I just recently got a Peloton bike and their experience from order to today is by far one of the best experiences I've, I've ever had. And again, it goes back to, you know, the bike is a couple thousand dollars. There's a subscription, $35 a month. So there's there's a high, you know, a pretty um, high uh, customer value, right? And they want to keep you on because they want to keep you engaged and, and, and paying the subscription because they're really a software company versus a hardware company. I, I see it, um, you know, but everything from the delivery of the bike, the people who came, the, the, the two guys um were uh, hilarious to my son they were so nice they set it up perfectly they asked if we had any questions they showed us everything and then you know a few weeks later we had an issue with the bike and this is what i think caught me and then i, I won't go through every touch point i've had with peloton but i just think that they're doing every they're doing so many things so well we had like an issue with the pedal i emailed customer service on the website immediately i got an email back Hi, Brian. Got your message. It's below. Somebody will get back to you within 12 hours. And that, and I tracked it, right? As a marketer, I was like, okay, let's see if the, you are actually going to get back to me. And I tracked it. And they did. And they came back with a specific response and kept me updated. The four or five communications that I, that needed to be updated until it was fixed. And then after to make sure everything was okay once the technician came was so crisp and made me never have to like question are they coming what are they doing because they want you to use this bike because if you use the bike you're going to keep it and then at the end he was like hey again i'm so sorry hope everything working now your next month is free and just like i wasn't even complaining you know they just gave it to you obviously they have that ready to go and from an issue right. with the product i became 
an even more brand loyalist because of how well they handled the issue that they had. Right. And, and, and that I think is such an amazing example of if something, the, the way you handle any issue, a product issue, a customer issue, whatever it may be, if you handle it right, it does not have to tarnish your relationship with that customer. It can even make it stronger because you know that they're going to be there for you. And, and, and I'm, I am a, I am a brand loyalist. I'm their, I'm on their beta program. I'm thinking about the other products they have. Like I am all in. And part of it is because of how good their customer service was. Right. So that's, so that is probably the best example of, of yeah. a retention strategy that we could have probably you come up with because even as your you know as your brother right I'm I'm listening to you describe that experience and someone I've I'm on the fence about getting one right I you know my wife and I we've talked about it they are expensive right it's like oh, are we going to use it well I don't know where all these different questions right but but the way you just organically describe the experience None. right like even like the setting it up like I am I have no mechanical like I, I can't put anything together. I, I don't have that, like that gene. We weren't, I wasn't born with that gene, right? I can't put crap together. So just like that, knowing that if I buy something of that, you know, sort of uh, cost, knowing the customer service, the sort of setting it up, right? That whole thing, I'm like, that would probably push me to over, over the other side of the fence and say, you know what? Maybe now it's time to kind of invest in one. Right. Because you're someone that I trust. Right. As my brother, you're telling me about the experience. You're you're alleviating any concerns I have about sort of that. Like, well, is this just going to be something I never use because the pedal breaks and I never hear from someone now? It's just like a treadmill. Right. That no one ever uses. But because the way they treated you and then the way you just you describe your experience. Right. That that's the most valuable retention strategy in the world. Right. Because now you're telling me something that I that I want to hear and that might push me into being a customer. Right. And then I have that experience and I tell two people. Right. Like that's that's how you build a brand. And I think that's 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 critical. I, I will say, you know, in sort of wrapping this up on the opposite side, giving one kind of one example I love utilizing um, from a retention, especially from an email. I'm a, a huge proponent of email marketing. Is is I, this? Um, I have athletic I have. short company oh, no, bird dogs, but bird dogs. Brian, have yeah, you, I've heard, seen have you heard of them? You know, bird dogs are. Yes, so so basically, they're they're like um, you know they're exercise shorts, but like they're not, and they have like a liner. They're kind of multi-purpose shorts. I guess is the best way to describe them. And somehow, somewhere, I I I bought a pair. You know, they're like fifty bucks, and and you know I like them, but they're shorts, right? But their their nurturing strategy is is really interesting, right? Because what they're doing is is basically sending on a pretty regular basis very irrelevant content out. Meaning, like it it's the 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 push of buying a product is like tertiary. It's not it's sometimes it's not even included. They had this running joke about they love using anime gifts in in their emails. And they're usually like they basically ripped off um, Lululemon and like like they're making fun of themselves. And it's like there's all these like it, it's very, it's very it's, it's very like 
you know, masculine. It's very like that kind of boy humor ish. Right. Um, but they sent out content like and it makes me laugh. Right. Because it's just and it's super, super like nonsensical headlines. And but it's just something that what it's doing is keeping their brand top of mind. Right. It's, you know, whether it be once a week or, or every two weeks, like it's it's the perfect sort of strategy of enough in my inbox that I'm like, what is this crap? I'm going to unsubscribe. But, you know, to that 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 fine point of like I I bought the shorts, the I don't know, two years ago, I still get their emails because I find them funny. And once in a while they offer a good deal. Right. So it's that like you know, sort of opposite mentality of some of these retailers where it's literally you get you buy a product and then every single day it feels like you're getting a new email saying, listen, it's 30 percent off. Hey, this is a new, you know, this is now dropping now or, you know, whatever. I'm like, it just eventually I just unsubscribe. Right. And just because it's just annoying. Um, it's 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 you. It's a very unique strategy that is tailored to me as a, you know, someone that obviously was appealed that, that, that sort of messaging appealed to me. So, okay. so it, it's definitely, yeah. it, it's just, I was about to it's ask very that, irrelevant uh, humor, you were happy, but or, it or worked. Not. I, right. I, I, and, I and I think that's what's tell. part so of it. You, you, while it was irrelevant, you felt that it kept you engaged and entertained enough to not unsubscribe. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's the way that's the win, right? Like as a brand marketer, if you can keep someone if you can keep someone uns, um, in your communication channel, right, whether it be social or email or anywhere, right, like continuously, whether or not they buy something or not. Yeah. Right. That is that is the win. Because now when I need another pair of shorts, right, like their brand is top of mind. And it's not, and it's, and it's almost, I mean, if the product was junk, that'd be something, you know, different, but I mean, it was product was okay, but this isn't like a Peloton bike, right? These are like $50 kind of shorts. So it's just something that kept, it keeps them top of mind and, and it keeps me engaged. And I think that's a huge yeah, win for great. them because you know, now and I, I don't need, you know, I, I'm one less paid can, customer. Uh, they have to worry but, about, you know, I recently purchased um a nice pair of men's overalls from forever forever 21 because uh i'm gonna wear overalls this spring and summer um but they targeted (laughs) me with emails that were all for women's clothing and maybe that's because they're basically 95 percent women's clothing and and we can leave that aside but i had to unsubscribe because i was getting these emails that was all for women's clothing and i obviously <laughs> purchased a men's very manly men's overall uh that that they should have known that i'm super manly and i didn't need forever 21 um <laughs> women's clothes but did i say manly enough just to oh did i over did, did i i, I want to make sure that came across when i was talking about overalls from that is that is i yes. think so i don't know I, I i wouldn't ever think about uh masculinity with clothing but i think they may have Br- been brian were they ever. manly Well, you know what, Brian? I think that is the perfect way to end this podcast because I really have no comment. I have no comment about men's overalls and exactly. their question of, of how you manly they are. It seems like a very manly thing. Like if you're a farmer, you probably wore overalls to put your tools in, right? 
Also, also not to go on a rant, but one of the most infamous Brian it, uh, uh, school pictures back. was I've, you I've wearing been, the Irish uh, turtleneck for, uh, with a long, long with the overalls where one strap was down. Am I wrong? That that is, I think, the best way to end the yeah, second episode yeah. overcompensating the podcast manly and let people visualize. Yeah, this is a good one. Manly overalls. I agree. Yep. Thanks. Bye, guys. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Well, that's it. All right, Brian. We'll talk soon.